Welcome to Communicore Weekly. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And I'm also a Yankee Doodle Dandy. It's time for Disney History! This is a tribute to all the attractions in Tomorrowland, but mostly America Sings. Mark Davis, Disney legend and one of the fabled Nine Old Men, was well known for bringing humor and amazing characters to attractions. One of his first duties at WED for Disneyland was to liven up the mine train through nature's wonderland. His simple fixes improved the show dramatically and paved the way for future attractions. His swan song was going to be the fabled Western River Expedition. And after the project was canceled and Pirates was added to Florida, Mark turned his attention to a replacement show for the Carousel of Progress building when that show moved to Florida as well. The United States Bicentennial was quickly approaching, and a show dedicated to American music seemed like a win. Now, anyone familiar with the Carousel of Progress knows that there are six stages, and the audience rotates around the different stages or acts. Working with Al Pertino, also known as Big Al from the Country Bears Jamboree, Davis worked up in a unique look at American music. The show opened on June 29, 1974, and was initially an e-ticket attraction. The characters for the show were all designed by Davis and based off the characters designed for the unproduced animated feature called Chanticleer. The lead character was Eagle Sam, and he appeared in every scene with an owl that has been rumored to be called Ollie. Sam was voiced by singer-songwriter Burl Ives. The show featured 115 animatronic animals that included (laughs) geese, pigs, foxes, roosters, alligators, frogs, dogs, possum, and more. Surprisingly, there was no five-legged goat. Lame. Anyway, similar to the Carousel Progress, the first scene was an introduction and we heard the song Yankee Doodle Dandy that would tie the acts together. As the seats rotated, the version of Yankee Doodle Dandy sung by Sam and the cast would be performed in the style of the upcoming era. The first act was called Deep South and featured Dixie, My Old Kentucky Home, and Polly Wally Doodle. Act 2 Heading West, showcased I've Been Working on the Railroad, The End of Billy the Kid, and Home on the Range. Act 3 was called The Gay 90s and looked at some turn-of-the-century tunes like Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey, Sweet Adeline, The Old Gray Mare, and Ta-ra-boom-de-yay. Okay, I won't sing. Don't quit your day job. No. Or this one, for that matter. (laughs) Anyway... Act 4 brings us into the modern times, or modern for the 1970s, featuring A Tisket, A Tasket, Shake, Rattle, and Roll, Hound Dog, and Joy to the World to finish out the act. The epilogue included Auld Lang Sang, Stars and Stripes, Forever as the Exit Song. And Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. The dark period for the attraction happened a few days after opening when a cast member was crushed between the rotating wall and the stage. The attraction was closed and a breakaway wall was installed. America Sings continued to spin American music until April 10, 1988. The building was vacant for almost 10 years until Interventions opened in 1998. 
During that 10-year period, a major attraction called Plek 2's Fantastic Intergalactic Review was planned, but never came to fruition. But this isn't the end of the American Sings attraction. When Splash Mountain started to see some major cost overruns, the Imagineers decided that one way to cut costs was to use the animatronics for the new log flume ride. Two of the geese had their skin removed and were put to work as droids in Star Tours. The rest of the figures are still at work though, just on the other side of the park at Splash Mountain. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech, it's George's Book of the Week. America on Parade ran from June 1975 to September 1976 at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Bob Janney, entertainment head, led a group of Disney designers to create special floats and costumes, you know, the characters with the really big heads, uh, to celebrate America's bicentennial. The book, Disney's America on Parade, is part history book, and it's part, uh, let's look at the creation of the floats and characters. The introduction to the book, six full pages, is the only section that actually discusses the parade. The rest of the book is written as a primer for anyone looking for more information about the first 200 years of America's history. I would hazard a guess that it's geared towards the 6th through 8th grade history students, so it's perfect for Jeff. Seriously, this is a history text more than anything else. Beside being one of the longest and largest parades in Disney history, America on Parade showcased a few technical milestones, including a new way of using audio with the floats. The following quote is from the introduction. To make the most of the recorded music, the Disney engineers devised a system whereby selected units broadcast from their own loudspeakers, while others broadcast their signals to radio receivers along the parade route. Then the signals are rebroadcast through loudspeakers in fixed locations. The radio transmitted signals and the signals broadcast from the units themselves are perfectly synchronized and make music that is almost symphonic in its cons constancy and pacing. You just totally blew my mind with all sorts of technical stuff right there. Hey, it's time travel, baby. That's all I know. <laughs> well, anyway, by far, the best feature of the book uh, is the images. Concept art, maquettes, and in-park photos appear on almost every page. In addition, there are three gigantic fold-out pages that show the parade in action at Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. And, you know, this book isn't for everyone. If you are a completist, I mean, you have to have every book in the world, like I do. Like you, yeah. Like me. Or have an interest in parades at Disney, then you need to grab a copy of this book now. Even though the text about the parade is short, the images of the parade vehicles, the floats, and the characters are amazing. There has never been another book about Disney parades, and there probably won't be another one. It's a fun way to see how Disney portrayed American history, especially how the Pilgrims punished people, and you can probably find that online. Uh, otherwise, you can enjoy a lot of these scanned images just by searching online. Sometimes it's a one, sometimes it's a two. When you gotta go, what you gonna do? It's a bathroom break, a bathroom break. Sometimes, Patriots have to take a bathroom break too. That's why we're spotlighting the bathrooms at the American Adventure at Epcot. Located around the corner from the Liberty Inn restaurant, these amazing bathrooms are a great way to show your patriotism and to use American-made quilted northern bath tissue who also happen to sponsor the restrooms. 
So the next time you've had too many drinks around the world, be sure to stop off here before taking in the show. Oh, and before we end the segment, on the right-hand side of the pavilion is Heritage Manor Gifts. And an interesting fact, it's where you can also purchase historically accurate toilet paper. Watch out, they chafe. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. <laughs> Have you ever wondered why the American Adventure looms over the World Showcase Lagoon, despite being only two stories tall? Just like on Main Street USA, it's Disney's clever use of force perspective. The American Adventure portrays a colonial building, which in those days stood no taller than two stories. An actual reproduction of a building from that time period would be too small to be seen from across the World Showcase Lagoon. So, Imagineers use inverted force perspective to make a five-story tall building look like a two-story structure. A great way to see this for yourself is to stand by the door to the gift shop and see how tall it is in comparison to regular doors. The doorway is actually 12 feet high in comparison to a normal 8 feet. Thanks so much for doing your patriotic duty and watching Communicore Weekly. Show us your patriotic pride and leave us a comment and rate us on iTunes. Wow, that was pretty good. Um, I, I've got nothing for this one, but just email us at communicoreweekly at gmail.com because that's the American thing to do. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash communicoreweekly and leave us some sort of patriotic post. That would be cool. Oh, that was pretty good as well. That's true. Uh, you could follow us, but not tread on us on Twitter at Imagine Earning and at Jeff Heimbach. That was very clever. I got to give you that one. I try. I try. Well, I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And we're from Mice Chat with Golden Dreams. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next week on Communicore Weekly. The hills are high.